Hello and welcome to Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction brought to you by the Modular Building Institute. Today's episode is also brought to you by the Offsite Construction Expo, sponsored by the Modular Building Institute. Visit OffsiteConstructionExpo.com today to join industry speakers, exhibitors, and attendees for the upcoming virtual expos on October 21st and November 18th. Each expo features different speakers and exhibitors, so the experience is always new. Now everyone can attend for only $199. Register today at OffsiteConstructionExpo.com. Welcome everyone. My name is John McMullen and I'm the Marketing Director here at MBI. Today I'm joined by Rob Gillingham and Bob Spista of Innovative Modular Solutions. They're here today to talk about how well-suited modular construction is for educational buildings and about some specific projects on which they've recently worked. Rob and Bob, thanks for calling in today. Good morning, John. I hope you've been well. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we have. So tell me about yourself, Rob. You've been with uh, Innovative Modular for a while now, uh, but before that you had a whole other career in sales and management. Is that right? Uh, correct. Yeah, I was. Um, I, this is my second career. I kind of had, I joined the U.S. Air Force way back and it kind of predestined my path in the IT industry. And I moved more into project management and operations management and never kind of was my passion was the technology. I kind of was in that. I worked on the AWACS radar plane and the Air Force and it was fun, but um, always liked to build things, do things like that. So at a certain point, I was looking for a second career and the opportunity with Innovative Modular came up, and it's been great um, being introduced into this industry and being part of Innovative Modular. Very good. Very good. And, and Bob, tell me about yourself. Yeah, well, I started in the modular industry back in 1985, and oh, wow. I held various sales and management positions within G Capital Modular Space. Up until the time I helped uh, Innovative Modular begin operations in 1999. And as of 2008, I moved to Tennessee, opened up our Southeast branch. And since then, we've added about six states to our sales coverage territory, which I am currently responsible for. That's fantastic. I've been looking at IMS's website in preparation for today's call and I was going through your case studies and it seems that you guys have built a lot of schools and educational facilities. Uh, generally speaking, in your opinion, how can modular construction benefit the education sector? Bob, do you want to go first? I, I uh, mean... Yeah, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, uh, John, I, I feel that we provide schools with several different options, both for short-term and long-term space requirements. Uh, whether the school is a new school, expanding school, or renovating their existing school, modular construction can pro provide a viable solution um, in a very timely manner. I have found that um, over the years, working with my charter school customers especially, that they end up leasing existing church property, which already has a building or two that contains a large order auditorium and gym area, along with a commercial kitchen and cafeteria space. And what we do is we help our clients by being able to add classrooms as their school enrollment grows from year to year until they're ready to find a permanent school location. So that's how I think uh, we, we mainly help our schools. Gotcha. 
and, and Rob, you worked on a couple of education projects recently, uh, including the Winkleman Elementary School expansion. Uh, what can you tell me about how this project got started? Well, I met the uh, assistant superintendent at um, IASBO. It's the Illinois Association of School Business Officials, um, went to a trade show and had talked to her about some opportunities. And it actually came about because she wanted to find out if I could help remove some old modular buildings that they had on their property that were from like the early 90s and they were no longer in use. And I wanted to build the relationship, so we figured out a way to get those removed. Um, so that helped her out, so I kept that relationship going. And during that time, was talking to her about um, expanding um, their existing school in addition and just kept the channel of communication open. And eventually, it came to a point where she called and asked if we could really do this. And I, of course, said yes. <laughs> of course. Uh, so, so tell me more about the process for creating the expansion itself. Well, um, it was it was a pretty much a whirlwind. She called um, myself late in a February of the year. We built this and asked if we could do it. And I, as I said, I said yes. And we started working on the design of what their needs were. Part of what the need was is that they were going to start a pre-K program and some special needs programs. So they needed the additional space got the requirements and then worked with the IMS team to kind of put together a base layout of how it would fit on their site with a couple options and then reviewed that with them. And once they gave us a go ahead on one of the designs, we went to work to kind of get the finishes selected and that type of thing and get the ball rolling. So a lot of pre-design work um, to make sure that it met what their ultimate needs were going to be. So, so how about the, the site of the, the school itself, the existing building? What needed to happen in order for the modules to be installed? Well, um, we did. We ha acted as the full GC on this one. So we did um, all the site work. We had to go through the process with the local municipality and the ROE in Illinois. The, we used the Regional Office of Education for permitting, um, developed the, the site plan with their architect for the district. Um, and we put in a full permanent foundation, a crawl space foundation, brought the building in and set it on that foundation, had to run all the utilities from the site for um, gas for the rooftop um, HVAC units to all the sanitary and water lines, electrical, and complete the building on site after all that site work was completed. I see. Okay. I read in the case study uh, you, you spoke with the local uh, government early. I read in the case study that they asked that the exterior of the expansion match the existing structure. So what can you tell me about how that matching process actually works? Well, yes, they were very concerned in this area. It's, um, the, the municipality was real concerned about the look and feel of the building, how it was going to blend in with the rest of the neighborhood and the school. So we had several meetings um, with their different entities of their, not just their trustees, but their appearance committee, their building committee. Um, they wanted to make sure that process went well. So we ended up, you know, we had to put in a separation firewall where we connected with a connecting corridor that lined up with their outside corridor. We had to ensure that the brick that was built 
was used during the build of the original school. We were able to research that. We could not find the exact because it had been built quite a few years earlier. So we got a local mason that was able to work with us to find some different samples that we brought to these meetings with the appearance committee so that they could help select the right brick to match. Um, And then we did a full um, brick veneer of the building after it was transported and set um, and did all that on site. And so what was the rest of the installation process like? Was there, was there much disruption to the main school or the students? Well, no, that's the beauty of the of modular that I just love about this industry is we do have a lot less disruption to the site, um, and especially for schools, because schools, one of the, the things kind of to dovetail back a question earlier with Bob that Bob answered was schools, especially in Illinois, the public schools, the big drive for modular is the timing because of how quickly we can get it done and the expense. Um, because schools obviously are limited in funding. And so in this case, as I had mentioned, she <clears throat> brought us in um, late February, that same year by the end of October, they were occupying the building. Nice. And by the time we got through all of the um, work to get all the permitting and approvals, it was mid to late June. And we got all the site work done because the school was out, so we didn't disrupt anything. And we actually brought the building in and crane set it before school even started. So once school started, that area was cordoned off anyway, and we were able to just work inside and do the finish work without disrupting the internal function of the school. And then they were able to do their ribbon cutting and let the kids come running in. So um, the finishes were very nice in this. um, We did a gypcrete um, floor, so it's, concrete base floor they did high level lvt tile ceramic uh, walls in the corridor ceramic floor to ceiling in the restrooms granite countertops Um, four of the classrooms had um, ada single-use restrooms and hand sinks Um, there was two multi-use restrooms for the other four classrooms a staff restroom so very ended up a very nice building and when you go drive by, and I still do that sometimes when I'm out and about, I'll just swing by, and when you see it, it looks like it's always been there, which was, you know, the goal in mind to, to begin with. It just fits perfectly. Well, that's, that's fantastic. That sounds like a, a great project. Uh, Bob, I'll turn to you now. Uh, you recently worked on a phased modular project for Green Dot Public Schools. It was the Bluff City High School project. What was the process yes. for rolling those buildings out? Well, the Green Dot Public Schools, they wanted to open up a high school in the Memphis area, but had trouble, like like a lot of schools, finding an existing educational facility. So they had already opened up a middle school a few years earlier, and they were able to lease a some church property across the street from the middle school. So this way they can both utilize the same gym and library for both schools. Um, some modifications were made to the church building, um, mainly using it as their kitchen and uh, cafeteria services. But we knew from the beginning of the Green Dot Project um, that they were going to build their new high school in phases, and they started out with nine classrooms with some administration space. Um, after the first year of operation, 
uh, we uh, the the following summer we went ahead and attached ten additional classrooms with additional restrooms to the phase one building, uh, which utilizes the same common corridor. And then um, since their enrollment con continued to grow once they got started and everybody heard about them and what they had available and and the the the, the good um, track record sport sort of. Uh, we ended up installing a phase three building, uh, which consisted of 18 additional classrooms, along with teacher resource center and some additional offices to complete their uh, full school. Gotcha. So tell me about the, the phased installation. How quickly was each phase completed and placed on site? Okay. For the phase one um, of the Green Dot project, it was completed in about five months. Um, for the phase two project, we had to can, uh, create an additional corridor and exit outside the building since we were going to install 11 new modules while school was still in session. So the, the phase two project was completed in a, uh, a three month period. Since we had anticipated doing the phase two project uh, the following year, what we did was all the utilities um, and sidewalks and parking and everything were sized to accommodate the second building expansion from the beginning, which sped up the installation process. Um, same amount of units, the first phase five months, the second phase only three months. So, and then on the phase three project, which you know they, they weren't anticipating at the beginning of this project, um, which had the same number of modules as the first two phases, it took us about five months to complete. And in total, Bluff City High School has a total of 37 classrooms uh, to support their student enrollment. Well, you just answered, or you may have answered my next question. When a project like this is planned to have freestanding modular additions, uh, are there any special considerations that need to be worked out at the beginning of the project? Do you have to do it all at one time, or can you truly just build more as you need them? Well, uh, for the Green Dot project, uh, since we had anticipated Phase 2 project, which was noted while we were applying for the original building permits, that was a, a good scenario. But for the Phase 3 projects, we had to handle this and resubmit new building and site drawings for approval, and they considered it a total separate project. Um, I feel that planning for future growth, whether adding a modular addition, um, adding a new separate building, um, in both cases we did that, uh, both scenarios at Green Dot, will reduce the overall project cost for the, for the customer. So yes, um, anything that can be done to anticipate future growth, such as utility requirements, additional parking, um, et cetera, definitely should be considered at the uh, beginning of a modular project. Gotcha. That makes sense. Are, are, there, are there plans for any additional expansions to the school? Well, unfortunately, at Bluff City High School, um, they're now landlocked, ah. um, you know, with no, no room for expansion whatsoever there. Um, because remember, they were planning originally on doing phase one and phase two, but then, you know, we added 20, 22 modules for phase three, which, you know, and then you need additional parking and, and, and different, different things uh, come into play. So unfortunately, no. Okay. Been um, a great customer. Well, <laughs> that's good. 
Uh, I, I got a question for both of you now. So uh, practically speaking, is there much difference between working on a modular expansion versus a freestanding modular building? Um, well, um, I would say yes. I, I think the advantage to modular approach is that you do a lot of pre-design work and you think through the process um, ahead of time, and that's a little bit different than um, traditional freestanding. Um, and I think what that does is it makes you think of those things ahead of time and anticipate. That way you can lock in budgets. Very rarely do we have change orders, which is when a traditional site built building, there are change orders which do affect budget, that type of thing. So um, I think that's really the difference in approach is just trying to identify all of those things up front that may come up. And then once you lock that in, stay on course and get it done on time and on budget. And so um, in general, is there uh, or are there particular structural or other considerations uh, when you're designing an educational building with modular? I don't know, Bob. I don't know if you've run into it. Really, the, the biggest thing is just like it would be the same as any traditional build. I mean, education typically has some different lighting requirements, um, ventilation requirements, and we can accommodate all of those in modular as is any site built. So I think the any of those types of considerations apply to both, and modular can uh, can provide anything that a site built would in those cases. Is there uh, any any differences or does it take any longer? Is it shorter when you're thinking about issues like your increased need for uh, ADA entrances and exits, uh, increased plumbing, electrical, different, how the building is used is you know, different than multifamily or some other type of building. I was just curious if it would made any difference uh, to, to you guys building the modules, placing the modules, anything like that, is, is there really any, any difference or, or other considerations for educational buildings in particular? Um, well, I'm not, I, I think what you're asking is, you know, obviously any type of educational building, they're going to require um, ADA access. They're going to require ADA facilities within the, within the building. But again, that applies to both. I, I don't see, I haven't run into anything that is a requirement that's special because it's modular, so you have to do something differently. Mm -hmm. I think you're able to provide the same things that are required and um, make sure that you follow that same code and it's, it's built to meet all of those codes just like a site build. Gotcha. Uh, how much are communities able to customize these buildings to suit the needs of their students? I think... <laughs> I don't want to, I mean, Bob, you can speak to it too, but I mean, we can do, we've had to do any kind of customization that's been requested and been able to provide that. Sometimes there's a few different unique ways to do that and we have to think through it, but I haven't run into anything where there's been a request from a client that says we want to do it this way and we haven't been able to do it. Yeah, and, and John, I, I just wanted to add that, you know, just like any site-built building, uh, modular building uses the same construction materials as conventional mm -hmm. construction. Um, buildings can be customized to meet whatever, you know, our customer space needs are, along with their specific finish requirements, basically what the building looks like. Um, so, you know, that's the flexibility of modulars. 
Um, but the, Rob brought, brought up something that, uh, you know, about change orders and stuff. You know, once the process goes and the customer, you know, reviews the drawings and, and we lay out the buildings and the, the sealed drawings get submitted, there's really no change orders because the building at that point is done. And that's one of the things customers come back who, who was involved with other types of site bill construction was the issue because everybody's coming up as the buildings, you know, being erected is to, is to, you know, come up with different ideas or make changes, which in, in the case of modular made it very easy to them saying, Hey, it's done. You know, we're done. We're not, <laughs> no changes. We're mm-hmm. getting the building as we had previously approved. So. Well, very good. Very good. So uh, with these projects behind you guys now, uh, what, what are you what are you both working on? Um, here in the southeast, we just um, are finishing up a large private school project in North Carolina uh, where an existing school found their permanent school location utilizing, uh, utilizing modular construction. Um, also working on helping design a couple of large modular school projects which would be uh, completed next summer. Very good. Yeah, and I, I, we've had, it's been kind of obviously a strange year, um, but we have had some public schools that, um, one, where they had a school condemned and needed pretty quickly um, some modular buildings put in at two different schools to split that school population up, and we were able to provide those and get, um, you know, four classrooms with restrooms at each of those buildings. Another project that we're completing is they're um, renovating the whole inside of their high school. So we had to put 44 modules outside their school so that they have a place for um, the students to attend and do e-learning while that high school is being completely refurbed inside. Um, And that'll be going on for a couple of years. Um, And then just some interesting smaller projects that have just come up because of social distancing um, those types of things where we've needed to respond pretty quickly and get um, get a few things put in place so that they can do that and work through their operations and how they're going to social distance. And even we've even had a few that had some, because of some of the disruption in the world, they've had damage to buildings and they need to provide pharmacy services in some communities. And we've had to put in some temporary buildings well permanent buildings get repaired from certain damages that have come about. So it's been an interesting year, that's for sure. It has indeed. It has indeed. And you mentioned uh, social distancing in schools. That's uh, certainly a big issue that a lot of schools are tackling uh, right now. Yes. I, schools weren't built for social distancing, but it sounds like... No, not, uh, a, not at all. Sounds like you guys are, are developing some answers, and that's, that's really exciting. Yes, yep. it is. Uh, well, thank you guys so much. This was great. Uh, I think it's safe to say that modular construction will be used for educational projects for a long time to come. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on. Thank you, thank you, John. My name is John McMullen, and this has been another episode of Inside Modular, the podcast of commercial modular construction. Until next time.